Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Hopefully everybody is doing well. Another week in the books in the NHL. And we're almost hitting the halfway point for some teams this weekend. Now, there are some teams that have lagged behind. Of course, Buffalo had those cancellations because of the weather in western New York. So they've only got 36 games played. Seattle's played 37. Minnesota's played 37. Um, so there's a there's a few teams that are still in the high 30s, but you do have teams like Vegas has already hit uh, the midway point. Washington has hit the midway point uh, this weekend. Uh, Edmonton, the Rangers, the Islanders all will be at the midway point. So you really kind of see where you are in the standings with half the season played, and it's... It's wide open. It really is. And, you know, the Eastern Conference, uh, things have really kind of shrunk here. Carolina, after winning 11 consecutive games, have now lost two in a row in regulation. So they've got 56 points. New Jersey lost to St. Louis last night. They stay at 51. And the Rangers now have 50 after winning last night in Montreal, which was pretty much a dud of a game. But the Rangers did get the two points, get their 13th win on the road this season, which is just outstanding. Only the Devils have won more game in the division um, on the road. They're 14-2-1, while the Rangers are 13-5-2. Now, the Rangers have played one more game than the Devils in Carolina. But you see there's only six-point separation between first place and third place. And then you look at Washington's got 50 points, so they're very much in the conversation, although they got two more games played than New Jersey and Carolina. Islanders lose last night in Edmonton. They've got 46 points. So you see it's pretty tied up. Pittsburgh, a little bit of trouble here. They've lost three in a row, just three wins in their last 10. They've got 44 points. They've only played 38 games. They're going to be in Arizona. They continue their Western swing out of losing... um, to Vegas last night. Buffalo's interesting. They're now at 40 points, and as I mentioned, they've only played 36. So they're still in the conversation, and if you want to consider Detroit, I don't, but they've got 39 points also with 36 games played. So I guess technically they're still alive. I think this really comes down to Pittsburgh and Buffalo being the two teams that can still make it. they got plus goal differentials. Uh, Pittsburgh obviously has the history. The Sabres have the games in hand, and they have Tage Thompson, who has just been unreal with his 30 goals this season. So there's a lot of movement. Uh, the only team that I think has secured a division in the East is Boston, by the way they're playing, and again, now unbeaten in their last uh 10, 7 0 and 3 in that span. They've won a couple in a row. They've got an 11 point lead on Toronto with a game in hand on the Leafs. So, really, the only thing that I think is pretty much locked up is Boston winning the division. Everything else is up for grabs. Now, in the West, Vegas has a six point lead on the Kings. I'm pretty comfortable to say 
that Vegas is going to win that division. We've talked about the Kings before, minus eight goal differential. They've played well. I don't think it's sustainable. Seattle, the same thing, but they're 10 points back of Vegas. So I'm comfortable to say Vegas is going to win the Pacific division. Dallas has got a three-point lead on Winnipeg, but Winnipeg's got two games in hand. And Minnesota's lurking as well with three games in hand on Dallas as they sit six points back of the Stars. So the Central is still very much wide open. Now, as far as teams on the outside looking in, Colorado, two points back, still very good shape. They've got injuries. They're going to get healthier. And the defending Stanley Cup champions. I've got no doubt the Avalanche are going to make the playoffs. Plus, they've got two games in hand on Calgary. They've also got three games in hand on Edmonton. So they could very easily be a playoff team once they get those games played. St. Louis is interesting. They win again last night. They've won a couple in a row. No Tarasenko, no O'Reilly. They're kind of figuring it out here. They've been very streaky. Minus 18 goal differential tells you that's probably not sustainable. I don't think St. Louis is a playoff team. I don't think Nashville is a playoff team. Although, boy, did anybody check out the performance by UC Soros last night in Carolina against the Hurricanes. There are times you lose games and you don't feel bad that you lost them because you did everything you could. Now, certainly the goaltending could be better. They gave up five goals on 25 shots. But they had 67 shots on goal, did Carolina. Lost the game 5-3 to three at home. A 64-save performance by UC Soros. Just unreal. But I, I just don't think Nashville is going to be good enough either. So I think Colorado's on the outside. And you start to wonder now, as we hit the midway point, what team is a playoff team right now in the West that if I'm going to tell you the Avalanche are going to make it, who's not going to make it? So it's easy to say the Kings because they've got the minus eight goal differential and they've also played the most games. They played 42 games. So, you know, Seattle, only their second year of existence, but I'm telling you, they've won three in a row. I think it's going to be the Kings that are going to be out. Now, here's the rub. Colorado's in the Central. The Kings are in the Pacific. So if the Kings can still try to maintain a way to stay in what is, I think, kind of a let's be honest, the soft Pacific division, who could possibly be out in the Central? I don't think if Colorado's going to jump back into this thing and, and, and finish in the top three in the Central, and then you've got Dallas, Winnipeg, or Minnesota dropping to the wild card, you know, which of those teams could be out? So uh, I think we've got one team, although mathematically this is not the case, just Don LaGreca's opinion, that's on the outside looking in that I think can make the playoffs, and that's Colorado in the West. Pittsburgh and Buffalo in the East. But boy, there's a lot. I mean, you could finish in first place in the Metropolitan Division. You could fall out of it. I mean, right now, Pittsburgh sits 12 points back of Carolina with one game in hand. So I'm comfortable to say Pittsburgh's not going to win that division, but the Devils can. Certainly the Rangers can when they're on their game. So interesting stuff as we hit the midway point. Rangers in Montreal last night. I got a chance to call that game. I love Montreal. It's my favorite North American city. There wasn't a lot of energy in the building. It was full. They tried to get excited. This Canadiens team is just not very good. I mean, they're decimated by injuries, um, and they're just learning. They're certainly in a rebuild mode right now, and they're patient, so they're not booing the team. And the Rangers did what they had to do um, to to win that game. I I thought Allen was terrible last night, and I think that really helped the Rangers win the game. Kreider with a big shorthanded goal against special teams working for the Rangers. So 
you got to like what the blue shirts are doing right now, although nothing that really jumps out at you necessarily from last night's game other than they just beat a team that they had to beat. And with things so wide open in the Metropolitan Division, when you're playing the Canadians, when you're playing the Blue Jackets, when you're playing you know teams like Chicago, Anaheim, you know, you got to win those games. These are bad teams. And the Rangers, you take a look at the worst three teams right now in the NHL. When you look at the, the worst three, it's Anaheim with 26 points, Columbus with 24 points, Chicago's the worst team in the NHL with 20. The Rangers have lost all three of those teams, right? So anything can happen. So right now, with it being as tight as it is, can't afford to lose to a team like Montreal. The Rangers will get them again next Sunday, as the Rangers have a little bit of a tougher schedule now the rest of the way until we get to next Sunday, tomorrow afternoon against the Devils. Then they're going to play Tuesday against Minnesota, Thursday against Dallas. Both those games are going to be at the Garden. So take advantage of the schedule where you can. And the Rangers certainly have done that over the last couple of games, beating the Panthers, beating uh, the the Canadians, and then wedged in between was a really impressive win against the Carolina Hurricanes. So uh, that's obviously something that's going to be important for the Rangers. They, they're on pace to have over 100 points, but maybe this is going to be a year where high 90s isn't going to be enough to make the playoffs in the East, so get as many points as you possibly can. Uh, another loss for the, the Maple Leafs last night. They get crushed by the Kraken 5-1. to one. There, There's this... Um, we might have talked about this on Wednesday. There's this kind of story out of Toronto that they just seem to play down to their competition. That's not the case last night. Seattle's pretty good, but to be able to walk in there and school the, the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto, <clears throat> pretty interesting. Capitals do what they had to do, beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 6-2 to two was the final score there as T.J. Oshie gets back into the fold and he scores um, a, a critical goal. Ovechkin gets his 29th of the season, so he continues to roll towards... Um, the great uh, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Canucks double up the Avalanche 4-2. to two. We told you about the Golden Knights win at home against the Penguins, but Penguins did throw 40 shots on goal, and the Bruins, doesn't matter where they play, Los Angeles, Mars, they're going to just continue uh, continue to win games. Pasternak uh, coming off that contract extension. He picks up a goal. Frederick, very underrated player for that team. A couple of goals for Boston. Speaking of contracts, Rangers made it official earlier in the week. Jimmy Vesey gets a two-year contract extension with the Rangers, and that might not seem like a big deal, but it is. I mean, Jimmy Vesey's really played well, was not guaranteed a roster spot when the season began in training camp. Won a spot. He's played on a bunch of different lines. Um, six goals, six assist he's a plus four is good defensive player so a really nice journey for vc who uh, maybe didn't turn out to be the player that the nashville predators thought that they had drafted back in the day and maybe not the offensive production we saw his first tour of duty with the rangers but i think he's more of a complete player now very versatile and that was a contract that was well well worth it good job by the rangers to lock that up when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got six games tonight. Islanders continue their Western Canadian swing in Calgary against the Flames, while the Capitals will play second of back-to-backs against the Predators. I guess the best news is for Washington, they probably won't face Soros, who had the 64 saves last night. So another game that Washington can very easily get. Uh, Panthers, 
I was talking to Steve Goldstein when I did the game last Sunday, and he's like, the Panthers just can't afford to lose back-to-back games, and then they turn around and lost the second consecutive against the Rangers. Panthers, just not going to happen for them this year. Uh, Detroit still mathematically alive, so that should be a fun game over at um, Little Caesars Arena. Winnipeg trying to claw back up the first place. They're three points back at Dallas. They'll be taking on Tampa. That should be a fun game. Uh, and then you've got also Rands with the Coyotes at the Blackhawks and the Ducks home for the Sharks. All right, let's go to you and let's get your tweets. Find out what you're thinking here on a Friday afternoon. David Hines says, how realistic are the chances um, that um, Batty, Maddie Berniers wins the Calder? I feel the voters favor Logan Thompson, but it's Vegas and the Kraken have been a surprise this season and the presence of uh, Berniers has given the team a different feel since he's joined. I mean, both very good. I mean, Thompson's been great for Vegas. Vegas might win the division, but Beniers was a high draft pick, really coming into his own this year for Seattle. I got a chance to call their game in Seattle, and uh, he's it's going to really be touch and go. But if Vegas finishes higher, but then again, Seattle's a surprise. So I think it could be a really interesting conversation for sure. Um, Donnell Weaver says, Happy New Year, Don. Well, my question is for the local teams. Rangers have been playing as of late. Meanwhile, uh, the Islanders and the Devils um, have not played as well. Islanders don't show up for games at the start at puck drop, and the Devils can't win at home. Are both teams in trouble? No, I don't think they're in trouble. I mean, listen, I, you knew the Devils were going to come back down to earth. And I think the Islanders are just, I think they're a complete team. Now, you got to be careful because, as we t- told you, nothing's really secure. If you tell me who's got the best chance of making the playoffs, I mean, I would think the Islanders just because they've kind of been there and done that. But you can dig yourself holes here. I wouldn't get too crazy about either team. I think both are playoff teams. Again, you knew the Devils were going to come back down to earth. They have, but they've kind of found ways. That was a big win in Detroit. It was the second of back-to-back last night against St. Louis against the Blues team that's streaky and right now seem to be on a bit of a toot, so I would not get overly crazy. And you mentioned them struggling at home, but only two regulation losses on the road. That's going to be a big game tomorrow afternoon. I'm not just hyping it up because I'm calling it, but you know it's, it's, it's so tight. How these teams play against each other is so vitally important. And the Rangers come in, winners of three in a row, uh, unbeaten in their last four. Uh, uh, that's a big, big game. You know, the Devils don't want to drop another one at home. Uh, they would drop to two, uh, one and two against the Rangers uh, this year. If they were to lose that game, first one at home, they'll play one more time at the Rock before the season's over. Interesting thing about the Rangers and Devils, they've played twice both at the Garden, and the team that scored the first two goals lost. If you remember, the Rangers scored the first two against the Devils. Devils came back and won that game. And then the same thing happened to the Devils after they scored the first two goals against the Rangers in game two. So kind of just interesting and something to keep an eye on. That game could be heard on 9870 ESPN New York tomorrow. I'll have the call with Dave Maloney at 1 o'clock. Um, little Newbie Vert says, What's your take on the Lafreniere benching and how the Rangers develop or lack thereof these young top prospects? All right. Certainly the benching's worked, although Lafreniere has been good since coming back into the lineup. They did the same thing to him last year, benched him in the game against Philadelphia, and he was better. You say lack of developing players, okay? Well, I would counter that by how do you like Keandre Miller? How do you think he's developed 
as a defenseman. I mean, how do you think Braden Schneider has done, who was probably not on anybody's radar a year ago and now has become a very, very good defenseman that I can make a case could be in a top four pairing on any other team in the National Hockey League because the Rangers are so deep on the blue line. Uh, that has not been the case. I mean, you, you saw the development of Adam Fox. Now, from a forward standpoint, I think Kako's starting to come into his own. Um, yeah, Lafreniere hasn't developed, but how much of that is on the player as opposed to the team not developing them? It's very difficult to develop players that are projects in the NHL. I've, I've told this story many times. Ken Hitchcock, when he was coaching the Columbus Blue Jackets, I was in Columbus calling a game, and and that, that was um, Zherdev. Nikolai Zherdev, if you remember, was a young player with the Blue Jackets at the time. And I had known Ken. I had done some shows with him on, on Sirius and NHL Live, and he was a weekly for us on NHL Live when I did it with EJ. So we were kind of BSing, and he's like, I, I really have a problem which aired out. I don't know what to do with him. He's too talented to play on the fourth line because he's not playing with other skilled players, so we're kind of wasting his talent. But he's too young and not experienced enough and, quite frankly, not good enough to play and with any of the top nine forwards. So you kind of get stuck. And, and, and that's where Lafreniere is. I mean, sometimes he plays right, sometimes he plays left. Is he a top wing? Is he a top winger? He's certainly not a fourth line winger. You know, so, and plus, I don't know. He's going to be judged as the first overall pick in a draft that I'm not really sure is going to go down as one of the great drafts. It's not going to be confused with the 2003 draft. So, is it a lack of development or is this kind of where he is? And he just has not been able to get anything clicking for him right now because of just not from a lack of not trying to develop him you're trying to win games but also where does he fit Uh, he certainly doesn't fit on the top line I mean I could stick him honestly when you look at what the wingers have done with with Zabanajad on the top line, it seems that whoever you put Kako there, he produces. Kreider produced. Uh, you you've seen many different players get thrown into that top line. I'm I'm sure Lafreniere would be have much more production having uh, a center like Zabanajad as opposed to a center like Heedle or, or Barkley Goudreau. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think he's good enough to play in a top line yet. So. I get where you're coming from. He's always going to be judged as the first overall pick in the draft, but I don't think anybody was confusing him with Connor McDavid. Um, and maybe that's unfortunate. The, the feeling was that maybe he would become, because he's a winger, uh, a Steven Stamkos. Hasn't happened yet, but I'm not ready to throw in the towel on him just yet. Troy says, what are your thoughts on shorting the preseason and adding two regular season games to make an 84-game uh, schedule? This was discussed to ensure that each team will play all of their in-division opponents four times. Fine. I mean, listen, the more regular season, the better. I mean, I love I love the NHL, two more games. But I don't understand where the logic was. Steve Hatsopetros is the guy that's the head of scheduling. At least he was when I worked over at the NHL. Why they thought it was a good idea that you took divisional games away to play Vegas and Seattle and not games away from any other division. I understand you want everybody to play in every building. I get that. I think that's vitally important. But does it make sense for the Rangers and the Islanders to play three times, but the Rangers play the Columbus Blue Jackets four? Or that they play the Detroit... The Detroit Red Wings are a bad example. They play the Florida Panthers, which is no rivalry the same amount of times as they play the Islanders? That the the Flames and the Oilers play the same amount of times as the the Flames will play the Vegas Golden Knights? Or the the amount of times that they'll play the Nashville Predators? So not only was it moronic to take away divisional games, it was moronic to take away rivalry games. If you want to take away divisional games, then take games away Columbus. 
you know, I understand that it's cyclical and there might be times where you don't want to take games away from Columbus, but Columbus is having a bad year. There's no real rivalry between any of the local teams. I don't want that come at the expense. From a Ranger perspective, I don't want less games against the Islanders, Devils, or Flyers. They should be sacrosanct, right? And then on certain years, especially coming off a second-round best-of-seven series last year, you don't want to have one less game against Carolina and certainly not one less game against Pittsburgh when you play them in the first round. You take a look at the schedule and go, all right, we'll take a game away from Columbus, or we'll take one game away from you playing the Panthers, you know, or or the Buffalo Sabers. I, I never understood that, and why you feel that you have to go to the extreme of adding two more regular season games. Do what they did back thirty years ago, and for your younger guys like Anthony Pusick, probably doesn't remember. The last time they played eighty four games was that every team in the NHL played two neutral site games in places. This was obviously pre-expansion or just in the infancy of expansion. Play neutral site games at in cities where people were hungry for NHL hockey or wanted to get a chance to jump into the expansion game. Now, the NHL certainly not going to expand anymore. They've got enough teams. But why not, if you're going to add two more games, have a neutral site game in Saskatchewan, have a neutral site game in Hamilton, have a neutral site game in Houston or Kansas City or Quebec City. Like, I, I would like to see that if you're going to expand a couple more. Uh, Yankees and Penguins says, Hi, Don. How much responsibility do you think Maurice should take for Florida's awful season? Well, obviously, you're the head coach. He should take some. You know, there's a, But there's a lot there. I, I don't know why they felt like Andrew Burnett had to go. Why they felt the need to make the changes that they made. Certainly, they miss Huberto big time. Another guy that they miss, I think, that nobody ever talks about is Uyghur on that blue line because it's really weakened in their blue line. There's a lot of problems with the Florida Panthers. Uh, Barkoff got uh, a raise of the $4 million, so they're in cap hell right now. No, the Panthers are in really, really bad shape, which is a shame. They won the President's Trophy last year, actually made it to the second round for the first time since 1996, and you're going to follow it up with a dud of a season. Brett says, really happy Rangers didn't have a letdown game against the Habs last night after a huge win against Carolina. Uh, took care of business. However, another game of Laffey being invisible, sick of hearing how young he is, angry it's his third year. Um, look at uh, Stutzla in Ottawa. Yeah, that's the guy, right? I mean, I was taking a look at that draft, the 2020 draft, and I said, who are the guys that the Rangers would probably rather have than Lafreniere. Now, Lafreniere was the consensus number one overall pick, so it would have really been thinking outside the box had the Rangers not taken Alexei Lafreniere with the first overall pick, okay? but And, and obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. But let's take a look at that draft and see who flat out right now is better than Alexei Lafreniere, okay? Now, Quinton Byfield went to the Kings at number two. Now, he's been injured. We'll see. So the jury's out. Right now, Tim Stutzla is a better player than Lafreniere with the Ottawa Senators, although I can argue the Senators can play him a lot more and experiment more because the Senators aren't competing for a division the way the Rangers are. Lucas Raymond's been good in Detroit. Uh, Jamie Drysdale, I like him in Anaheim on the blue line. Uh, We haven't seen much of Holtz in New Jersey. Uh, Jack Quinn, still in the infancy of his career. 
Uh, Lundell, I think, has been good for the Florida Panthers, certainly getting a lot of minutes. I love Seth Jarvis in Carolina. So there's a couple of players that you would say, yeah, you'd probably rather have Seth Jarvis. He's a center. He's playing big minutes for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, you probably would rather uh, have Lucas Raymond. He's been more productive. Certainly want Tim Stutzla, but there isn't anything that jumps out at you and says, boy, they really screwed that up. And there's still time for this kid to get better. I really do. I think there's something there. But unfortunately, time does run out. It's not like football where you got to make a decision with the 50-year option on first-round quarterbacks and all that. But you can afford to be a little bit more patient. He's a good kid. He did seem to respond to the benching the other day. Um, It was only his second game ever in Montreal. He did score in Montreal last year in his first game there. So I thought it was interesting uh, that he didn't do very much last night. But... What are you going to do? I still think he's a part of this team. I do think at some point uh, he is going to have an impact, but I can understand a Ranger fan not really being thrilled. You only get the first overall pick how many times, and there was a lot expected, and you fast-forward three years, and really what has he been more than a third-line winger, and that's not what you expect, even in what could be uh, perceived as a soft draft, not getting uh, much from that. It's Friday, and you know what Friday means. Friday. Don LaGreca's Friday Top 5. So this was tough, you know, because, again, uh, there's so much going on. But you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock the Rangers into the Top 5, and why not? Number 5. They have not lost a game now in four straight. Overall, they are 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. Uh, special teams have been very good. Their power play is starting to click. Their kill has been very good. Igor's terrific. You're seeing Yaroslav Halak now win some games. Uh, their plus 22 goal differential is outstanding. And also, they're the best third-period team in the NHL, which is crazy considering how poor they were to start the season. I've got the Rangers sliding in to the top five. Number four. It's been kind of a ho-hum week for the Maple Leafs, but still, you got to keep them in the top five. Even though they've been very pedestrian, they're still 5-4-1 in their last 10. Really good uh, goal differential. Uh, they've slept walk through the last couple of games, allowing a ton of goals, right? Five to Seattle, gave up six to St. Louis, but I still have Toronto in the top five at number four. Number three. Number three. Number three, we're going to go with the Carolina Hurricanes. It wasn't that long ago that they did win 11 straight games, right? And and they're scoring a ton. And and the thing that's impressive about Carolina to me, who is it? You know, on any given night, is it is it Natchez? Is it Ajo? Um, who is it that's going to be like the hero of the day? And I don't think completely in love with their blue line, although they think the addition of Burns has been terrific. And their goaltending is still, with Anderson being out, Ranta's played okay. Um, Kochekov has been good as well. Um, but I still think that might be a bit of an Achilles heel for Carolina. Did lose a couple of games in a row, but I thought they were very good against the Rangers. I thought they were outstanding last night against Nashville. Just goaltending uh, just wasn't great in either game for them, but they're getting a ton of shots on goal. I've got the Hurricanes, the first-place team in the Metropolitan Division, at number three. Number two. Vegas starting to win at home, which is uh, good to see. They finally climbed above 500 there at 12-9-0. They've won three in a row, beating some good teams in the process. They're plus 24 goal differential uh, right there among the better teams in the Western Conference. Only the Stars have a higher one. And I didn't put the Stars in the top five because um, right now they've lost a couple of games in a row. And I'm not really uh, sure I wanted to get them in the top five. But Vegas right now, 
playing some terrific hockey, and I've got them at number two. Number one. Yeah! Well, this is boring, but you know, Boston, Boston right now is in first place. They've got eight more points than Carolina, who's in second place overall in the league. They're, they've got a plus 60 goal differential. Now, how good is that, if you want to know? like Why, why is that good? Because the second place team has, is plus 30. <laughs> they're 7-0-3 in their last 10. They've won a couple of games in a row. Everybody's contributing. They're getting tremendous goaltending, yet to lose in regulation at home. And that's including that 2-1 victory at Fenway Park in the Winter Classic. 19-0-3 at home. Just unreal. It is Boston. And really, guys, it's not even that close. All right, I've got the call of the Rangers and the um, Devils tomorrow afternoon. So give that a listen. Coverage beginning at 12.30 on 98.7 ESPN New York. I'll also be calling the Rangers Wild on Tuesday, but I'll talk to you before then. Hopefully we'll be able to hook back up with EJ on Monday. The holidays are all over. Find out how he spent his holidays. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy all the hockey. You know, There's a lot of football going on as well. It's a big sports weekend, but hockey's a major part of it for us. We'll talk to you again on Monday. You want to get in touch with me, best way to do that is at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. We'll speak to you again coming up on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.